what you should be paying yourself as an owner of a business, depending on where you're at in the journey of that of that business as well. So it's not as easy as just Googling it and be like, cool, that's where I'm going to put my budget next year. Right. There's, a, there's some factors that need to be decided and, and planned and looked at. And yeah. it's not an easy... It, it's an easy number. It's just not something you can just Google or ask a friend. Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth Podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Sue, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Welcome back to another episode related to profitability. In this episode, we changed it up a bit because I am actually a guest on the Cultivate Advisors podcast. For those of you who don't know about Cultivate Advisors, it's an amazing advising firm that I am a partner of and have been for over the last five years or so. Although my role is Director of Finance, we have a team of 50 advisors who are all entrepreneurs themselves and have helped business owners scale their business by diving in on sales, marketing, recruiting, leadership, productivity, basically all the hats that you business owners wear every day. So as I mentioned in part one of the part two series of profitability, the profit first mentality should be a focus for you, meaning building your business plan and making a profit. If you haven't listened to that episode, please make sure you do as it will change your world and the way that you look at your financial statements, the way that you build your business and the way and the how much you actually make in profitability. We have seen this firsthand when business owners focus on their profits as part of their planning and making it a priority to have your profitability as part of your plan. It actually makes your profitability a lot bigger than the average person who is thinking of profitability as a leftover. But in today's episode, Casey Clark, the CEO of Cultivate, and I discuss a question that we get asked a lot of from our business owner clients, and that is, how much should I pay myself? So if you are wondering if you're paying yourself appropriately as the owner of your business, sit back, take a listen, and let us know what you think. Tina, welcome to the call. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. For those that don't know, Tina is a partner here at Cultivate Advisors. She also oversees all things finance for the organization, and she does a fantastic job. So Tina, thank you for all the work you do and all the additional advisory you do for all the amazing entrepreneurs that you get to work with. Um, as we kick in, Tina, do you mind just sharing a little bit about your background? What's what's you know the, the high-level overview here of your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. Well, uh, my first attempt at entrepreneurship was back in my 20s. So it turned out to be relatively successful and had multiple locations uh, and franchises through the years. Was uh, excited to sell in 2015. And from there, continued to help other business owners. And that's how I found Cultivate and have 
been in my happy place ever since. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate hearing that. But and I know you're being uh, you're being very modest in terms of the amount of success you had in your prior businesses and the exits you had. So uh, congratulations on that success. And again, thanks for paying that forward here at Cultivate with all the amazing entrepreneurs you meet every day. So this question is important, and I wouldn't expect it any differently from the person who oversees all finance for our organization. This is the exact yes. question I would have expected you to bring for all of our <laughs> entrepreneurs listening in. So thank you. I mean, let's just get right to the brass tacks. Like, why does this question even matter? Like, what is it that owners struggle with of why they can't figure out how much to pay themselves? Like, what's actually creating this? Well, uh, you know, it was a, it was the question at hand because I we hear it so often, right? Of like the, either they're paying themselves too much and therefore don't have enough profit to actually scale the business, or they're not paying themselves at all and therefore don't have the livelihood or you know have uh, more challenges on the personal side because they haven't made paying themselves a priority. So we hear that so often from business owners that it can be from one end to the other. It is, right? People, they don't realize they strap the business because they take too much money too early or the opposite, right? It's like, it's the first thing they cut. I don't know why, but as owners, it's like, well, I want all this other stuff in the business. So I'm going to cut my pay. And then that trickles down into family life, lifestyle. That usually causes a lot more stress, a lot more problems than it's worth. And I know we're going to get into probably, you know, why is that so important not to do that? But I guess when I think about these owners, a lot of times what I've really what I've really come to realize is that so many owners will even just like go on Glassdoor and type in CEO, but they'll have a firm of like 15 employees and they'll they'll compare a CEO pay. I think we can all agree this is probably the hardest role to identify how much compensation you should be paid based on the size or success of the business. Is that is that fair in your mind? Yeah, I think there's so many variables that go into what you should be paying yourself as an owner of a business depending on where you're at in the journey of that of that business as well. So it's not as easy as just googling it and be like, "Cool, that's where I'm going to put my budget next year." Right. There's a, there's some factors that need to be decided and and planned and looked at and Yeah. It's not an easy it, it's an easy number. It's just not something you can just Google or ask a friend. Yeah, you've got to dig in. And well, and it changes every year, right? Like the, the, sure. the amount you can pay yourself as an owner is completely different. And obviously, we could go down the path of what legal entity are you in and how should you pay yourself? And even what does it look like in terms of how much of it is in guaranteed payments or set salary versus distributions at year end, right? Uh, should right. you have an incentive planned as the owner of the business, right? Just like all the other team members should have in the organization. There's so many elements that can get pulled in and I think it overcomplicates it and confuses owners to where they don't just commit and have maybe a a rule of thumb. So I'm excited to get that from you today. And I know a lot of people listening in are excited as well. My gut says a lot of this starts with a mindset, right? Have you seen that? Has it generally been there's like just a specific mindset that owners have to have? 100%. That's where it starts. And, you know, working with so many business owners over the years, that's usually what it boils down to is like, oh, no, I have to work hard. I have to have the grind because I'm, you know, I'm the owner. It's like, well, yeah. but you're 10 years in and you have, you know, profitability, but you're spending it, ne- you know, not necessarily in the way to make your business grow. And so and or it's the other way around where it's like, I am the owner, therefore I should be making what I used to make in my job. You know, five right. years I think ago, corporate but, job before I left and started my business. Yeah, exactly. Persona all the time. Yeah, exactly. So it starts with mindset of like, what is what? What did you start the business for in the first place? And I would hope that a hundred percent of the business owners were, 
you know, thinking about their personal lives and their, you know, financial stability, along with the good that the business does and the products and services. But it needs to start with that there is going to be profit in this business. And therefore, I'm going to take part of that profit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's having a plan, right? So many owners, they wait till the end of the year to see how I always hear like, I'm going to wait till the end of the year to see how I did. That's not the right mindset. No, it's it's backwards. (laughs) Yeah, what we're really talking about is a more proactive mindset around what does this look like to approach profitability? What does this look like to approach the financial success for you personally as an owner? Is there any any thoughts that come to mind of like different things that think people should be thinking about when it comes to their mindset? Like, is there anything you think of that you've seen with clients you've advised or, you know, what you've shared into the ethos? Yeah, I think it really just boils down to that that plan and and really understanding not only where you're at today, which is where the people who are looking at their financial statement and saying, OK, I'll take X percent of what I have left over. But really, like, what is the big picture of the business? What are the goals? What are your personal goals tied to that? And really going big to small. And one of the things that it's not like once you set your your profit or your salary, that it has to increase every year. You might be taking more this year than next year, because next year you're going to invest in some other things in the business. And that's where the planning really has to be. It's mindset. And then it's planning. Because maybe you do take a little bit less next year because you have a plan to invest in technology or in people or whatever the case may be. But if you're not proactive in that and have a plan, then you're just waiting to see the bank statement and be like, "Eh, I guess I didn't make that much. Or you (laughs) don't invest because you took too much and now you don't have the money to grow like you wanted to. And so it really comes down to that mindset and then planning. Well, and part of that mindset with the plan is probably to put your salary or the way you're going to pay yourself into the plan first and go, I, I want to make this much for my lifestyle. That means I believe the company is the profit X amount. So because there's a bunch more to take account of, right? Taxes, debt, you know, debt service payments. There's, there's a lot of different moving pieces besides just the profit and loss, right? In terms of how cash moves in the business. So You've got to allocate taxes and pull all of that out to understand, will you be left with enough? And really, we, we talk a lot about this, I know, in our world, Tina, but like your pay should often be above the line, right? And what I'm referring to is above the, the P&L. Most people, again, wait to see the profit, mm-hmm. then they pay themselves. Like, no, no, pay yourself a guaranteed earnings. And, and I say that because of a mindset. What I've seen so many owners struggle with, Tina, is like those sleepless nights, the fear. It's like, when you all of a sudden wait to see if you get paid, it's pretty much like signing up for your business and going, I'm expecting this to fail. Yeah. I, 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 when you say that, like the sleepless nights and the waiting it paid, there's a quick story of when I was first starting out, I, I had to pay myself first. And so I was right. paying myself pre-revenue, like pre, right. pre-any revenue. I remember an $87 check that I needed in order to make payroll. So, but I was still paying myself. Because yeah. it was part of my plan of like, I it was it was a whole $500 a month. So not like I was, you know, rolling in it. But right. um, you were in your early 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was in my early 20s. So, but, it, but there's so many, you know, there's so many versions of that same story that I had of I having to pay yourself first, even if you need $87 to make payroll. <laughs> Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? 
Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our Top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or faced setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. Well, look, we're not, for everybody listening in, we're not necessarily talking about startups. If you are in the first year or second year of the business, right? It's, it's similar to Tina's story probably, but a lot of people even go take out debt against their first year or two of the business so they can pay themselves and kind of be mm-hmm. forced to know exactly what it's going to take. And we're not, we're not saying you need to have match your same income either, right? It can sometimes be like bare bones. How do I survive? So I'm not stressed about that. And I need to create a business out of the gates that returns that type mm-hmm. of money, which is why sometimes we have to go raise friends and family money, or we need to go raise debt when we first start the business. But this is really more probably applicable to folks that have gotten their first year or two off. And what we don't see, right? And then 10, 20 years, I mean, we've seen so many different entrepreneurs at every different level struggle with this. They don't ever mature or transition into this approach of, I've got to incorporate what my pay is. No different than my leadership team, no different than any team member. What is the role that it takes to be the business owner, the CEO, the president, the managing director, whatever title suits you? Whatever that looks like, that should be a P&L line expense in your business. Because when you go to sell this company, guess what? That person's going to know how much does it cost to have the person in place to run it? Or how much am I going to get paid if I am an owner operator in buying the business? It doesn't matter. I always see like, well, the person who's going to buy is probably just going to run it themselves. Like, it's no different. They want to be paid too. <laughs> they want to get paid too. You, you want this to be, you know, exciting and increase those multiples. You better have that clearly locked into your profit model. And I think people Absolutely. get excited about. I want to show as big a profit as possible. It's like, well, make sure you show the true profit with you being paid because you're always going to have somebody to drive the business. And for those that needed to hear that, you know, on this episode, I hope you're hearing it loud and clear, and you understand why that's so incredibly important. Tina, before we go to the forward planning, tell me a little bit more about like, do you buy in this whole idea that owners, presidents, CEOs, whatever title they're giving themselves, should they also have an incentive structure and an incentive plan tied to a set amount of earnings? They absolutely can. You know, again, it comes back to the planning. And 
frankly, I always refer to the profit first mentality. If you haven't read that book yet, I think it's definitely a read that you should um, pick up quickly. And and it talks about that in the book too. And, and, you know, we coach on that and advise others on that. And profit first really is about for every dollar that comes in, you divide it between your taxes, your, your operations and your own profitability and your own salary. And in, in that mentality, salary is salary, however you call it, if it's taxed or a, a draw, but salary is separate from your profitability and you're planning and dividing that every dollar that comes in amongst that. So that's where you can incentivize based on certain growth goals and just like you would for your executives and or shareholders and you know, who, however your team is made up. So as long as it's part of the plan and you're doing cash forecasting and those type of things, stress tests, then it can be part of the plan. Yeah. No, I, I mean, well said. And, uh, and again, it just, it just comes down to this planning. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about this. Any advice you can give on like, how do you get started with the planning? What does this even look like for those that have met, maybe never even focus this way? What would be the biggest piece of advice you can give around that? Yeah, I think really, well, first of all, you have to have a forecast um, and, and, and a multi-year forecast. A lot of people just do a 12-month, this is my P&L based on what I did last year type of thing. Yeah. But I encourage people to go out at least three years as, in detail when, yeah. when you're looking at this type of thing. That way you can plan the what-ifs. We have to also, it's a cash flow forecast too, because we need to include things like debt um, and or large investments that we plan to make that aren't necessarily on the P&L. And then make sure that we're planning for this type of growth in our revenue. What does that look like for our cost of goods? What does that look like for our taxes? What does that look like for my salary, my team salary, all those increases? And when you can put it on paper, like I'm so visual and most a, a lot of business owners are, then you can see what that's like and be able yeah. to have a concrete plan versus winging it. Yeah. Well, and it's just so funny, right? It's like, well, I want to hire this person or I need to take on this big tech investment or I need to, when you plug those different scenarios in and you see the stress testing and you, you don't just run all of those expenses on a guaranteed revenue line, right? You also run stress tests against the revenues. What if my revenues drop by 20%? Mm-hmm. What will be the decisions I make to keep my pay as the owner? Because if the owner leaves and is no longer being paid, assume it's not you. That's how I always think. If it's not me, somebody else has to come in. I have to always have an amount of money to pay that person at that quality of level, right? And I just think that that's crucial. Like, I just think that people forget that you could get hit by a bus and somebody else can step in and run this business. I was going to say the same. I say that all the time. Like we have to plan for the hit by a bus yeah, <laughs> for everyone and, on your staff or the key players on your staff anyway. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, as a business owner, you're not just sitting back collecting checks likely. So someone would have to pick up where you left off if if there was any kind of, even if you wanted to take a month vacation. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. exactly. So, so get into financial forecast. I know we're big fans of live plan. That's what we use with all of our clients because it helps us integrating to QuickBooks, you know, trend out, we can run all the scenarios in seconds and see mm-hmm. and benchmark it again. So we're, we're a big fan of that software. And that's why we give all of our clients that for free when they work with us. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people are still listening in, like waiting for this one question, Tina. And I'm just, I have some thoughts on it that I'll share, but I'm just curious your perspective on it. People are still looking for the rule of thumb. They're still curious, like, right. Okay, great. I'll, I'll do my plan. Okay. I'll have the profit first mentality mindset. I'll understand. I have to keep it above the line. And always know that I have it allocated for. Okay, fine. I hear it. 
but how the heck do I pick the number I'm going to get paid? Because it's one thing to say, well, look at your bills on the personal side, look at your lifestyle. It's like, yeah, but do I need to adjust my personal lifestyle? And that's where that balancing question. So just curious, have you ever heard or have you ever thought through or ever advised, you know, folks you've worked with on a rule of thumb of how to pick the dollar amount to be appropriate at this different size or scale of the business? Are you saying at different scales of the bit, like different sizes? A yeah, rule just, of- is there any rule of thumb that you, you've had? I've got one or two that I've heard, but that I'll throw out in case it helps people. But I know people are like, just, they're like, come they, on, they want me, that number. Find <laughs> <Find> the number. <laughs> on a, to be perfectly honest, Lee Casey, I don't give a flat number because I feel like everyone listening would be like, cool, Tina said I have to pay myself 20%. <laughs> and then classic, that's, classic yeah. financial director answer. Right there. <laughs> that's what that was, everybody. So, uh, yeah, I, in my experience, I like to to actually plan that out with the business owner based on that business. Um, yeah, so I don't have a hard and fast number of you should be paying yourself this at you know this particular size of the business. Love to hear your side though. I've got a couple rule of thumbs. Um, I've always heard that you're never the highest paid person in your company until you surpass ten million in revenue in most okay. industries. So you're 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 never you should never be the highest paid. Um, but you should also never be the lowest paid person in your company. Yes. Those were, that was like, that's like a, a range that I've heard. That's a rule of thumb I've used. I've taught a lot of people that over the years and I found that to, to be pretty true. I've always, I've always found that if you were to take the amount of money you're making and it was more than like 15 to 20% of total profit, you're probably off on your estimate of what's actually worth, uh, what you're actually worth is, right? Like, so people go, Again, they'll say, oh, I came from this corporate America job. I'm mm-hmm. worth, you know, $300,000. I'm going to start to pay myself that in year two when the business is profiting $300,000. It's like, no, no, no. The CEO that runs four employees is a mid-level management job. that's probably worth $100,000. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But so I've, I've always heard you want to get to like, you know, never more than that 15 to 20%. And obviously that number gets way less as the business gets bigger and bigger and bigger, obviously. Uh, by economies of scale. But so that's another rule of thumb I've heard. And the reason to tie back to the great advice you gave, Tina, right, is that by the time you strip away, you know, that 35 to 40% for taxes, uh, that's going to probably trickle through in some capacity and some Mm -hmm. type of fee structure. And then you've only got 60, 65% left over, right? Of that 60, 65% left over, you're probably wanting to put, you know, 20 to 30% into growth, most likely. And then you're probably, if you're still in the earlier stages of the business, and then you've got another 10 or 15% that's probably your uh, rainy day fund, slush fund, mm-hmm. of cash, take advantage of investments or whatever, you know, things that come about. And then you've got 10 or 15% that's going home to you uh, on the PL. If you were to compare your earnings. And I've always heard too that like, you know, watch your tax brackets as, the, as a starting up owner on the personal side and stay right below tax brackets and then take more of a formal distribution. But, uh, you know, set it up early on. Like, don't, Back to your point of planning, don't come in and state, oh, if uh, no matter what, I'm going to pay myself this at the end of the year. I'm just going to look at how much is in the bank and pay myself. Go like make it a formula. That's the rule of thumb. Make it a formula. Say, based on our goal is a minimum at a bare minimum to hit this every dollar over, I'm going to take 40% personally from our profits because we're overachieving mm-hmm. what the minimum expectation was for the amount of investment I've put into the business. Yep. So again, the more you can put those formulas together and make it, it starts to create a, a consistent, scalable system that your future purchaser that will buy your business at some point will buy into. 
One thing I also look at um, to add to that is what your industry's net bottom line percentage is. So that's a good benchmark too. If you're, if it's a 20% net profit and you're, you have more, like that's where you can take more. Because when you do go to sell the business, the salary of the owners will be adjusted as part of the process with any exit. Absolutely. Well, and look, I mean, I, I think about the story of like Jeff Bezos, right? I've, I've heard this story so many times. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher it, but a uh, short version is Jeff Bezos paid himself $75,000 of salary until he retired. He actually never moved his salary. Now that's a very extreme example, but my understanding is by like year three, you know, he was, you know, he was paying himself $75,000 of salary. And then he was taking, you know, all these incentives and everything else for being the driver of the business. And sure. even at even at the, you know, one of the largest companies ever that world has ever seen scale, right? Um, and so again, it's like, is that what we recommend? I don't. Like I don't I, I think it's a little different when you're when you're going into investor meetings talking about having the largest company in the world. And so if that's where <laughs> you're headed and you're raising, you know, millions and millions of dollars and you've got it on the IPO and you you've struck at a different structure, um, I, I buy into that, you know, a little bit more. I'm assuming most people listening in, that's not the route that and the journey that you're taking, in which case you want to keep incentivizing yourself and keep moving that pay up no different than how you move an employees or team members pay up. That also helps you at home life with significant others or family to know that this business, right, you're starting to separate separate liquidity. I know you have a uh, ties to the financial wealth advisory firm. There's a lot of value that goes into separating and creating or personal liquidity at the same time as building. So not all of your eggs are sitting in the business basket because that's very, very risky when you think about your freedom point or your ret- retirement number that you might be you know, working towards. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, Tina, as always, a plethora of knowledge and great insights brought to the table. I'm sure we've got people thinking a little bit differently now about how they might approach how much they pay themselves. Um, so for everybody listening in, again, remember, this is all you know individually very tailored. Uh, this is a great question to talk to one of our advisors about. We can slow down and really help you figure out your specific situation. But hopefully, we've given you a little bit more of a framework to work through as you think about mindset first, profit first, and then you move to creating those forward cash flow plans so you can really understand what does this look like when you go to pay yourself. Um, Tina, coming back to you here before we we wrap it all up. Any final words of just wisdom or thoughts you'd like to share with everybody listening in? Yeah, I think you I think you summed it up, right? It's like first you have to get your mindset right in that uh, you built this business to have some personal profitability, then create a really solid plan and like you said, you know, get some help with it if it's not your forte, and then really just uh, another word of advice is to tie that personal plan of what what does your retirement look like? I've seen that a lot where People have this, their business over here and profitability and my salary over here, but it's not connected at all to their personal goals and retirement goals uh, and lifestyle. So that would be the last piece is just to make sure that the your whole life, basically your business and your personal life are connected and then revisit it regularly. Because even though you have that three-year plan, you need to be revisiting that and new decisions that happen in the business. So it's it's kind of this evolving circle. Check your mindset, check your plan, revisit. Well, well said. Uh, Tina, thank you. For anybody listening in, if you want to connect with Tina, you can find her on our website at cultivatedadvisors.com. Encourage you to reach out and engage with her. I know she'd be happy to hear from you and help any way she can. And if you do want to sit down and break down the business and go a little deeper, check out our free advisory session that will kick off with you to help you break down your KPIs in pursuit of a long-term vision and goal. 
that can be a great conversation where we can also dabble into what should you be paying yourself? How should this look for your business? But until we meet with you then, or we catch you on the next episode of Catapult Your Business, continue on your entrepreneurial journey and continue to make a major impact in your local area or the lives of the team members you work with every day. Uh, it can be lonely at the top. Make sure you're paying yourself to be lonely at the top. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you for an, a massive, massive important question that we're going to dig into next week on Catapult Your Business. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks again, Tina. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.